Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the team at Waggle Golf, local Minnesota brand and oh-so-comfortable clothing. Best hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. Endorsed by Bucigras, Carlo Koliakovo, and most importantly, the Soda Pod. Check them out at GetYourWaggleOn.com for the best damn golf apparel in the United States. GetYourWaggleOn.com today. Now back to the show. When I, it's like the And welcome into this week's episode of MNCAA. Join with me, as always, to cover Minnesota State Mankato. We have both, this time, Alex Micheletti and Marissa Voss. Both of you, how you doing? Yes. Doing great, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, sad, the off season, but uh, what a year it was. Um, so, yeah, it's fun, fun to celebrate the year still. Marissa, let's start with you on this one because okay. this year had a lot of promise uh, mm-hmm. going back to the semifinal loss against St. Cloud, uh, a lot of returning pieces. And the question is, with always with returning teams, does the momentum carry forward or are there some bumps along the way? And I think we learned pretty early on this team just kind of picked up right where they left off. Oh, absolutely. You could have seen that from, again, just the first series with UMass and then going to St. Cloud and toughest start to the season. This, But the, all the pieces kind of fell together and you knew that this was going to be a team that took it probably to the farthest step. We always do it just with Reggie and Jack coming back. And then you had players like Furry and you had Josh Grohl entering in the transfer portal and also David Cilia. And, um, you know, Dryden came, came back for a fourth and final year. And it was just like the right momentum. Then we had Andre Pavel, you know, who really stepped up into his role. And um, it was, it was awesome. This, this team was, was, was stacked, stacked to say the least. So um, always from the beginning, you knew, especially with Nathan Smith and all these guys that it was going to be an unbelievable year. And I think even though we didn't finish that, it still was an absolutely amazing year. Alex, let's go to you because I, I like how Marissa started with UMass. Again, the defending national champion. Uh, you sweep them uh, in pretty convincing fashion. Um, again, in Amherst, I think of all places, two to nothing and then six to three. And then you welcome in what was uh, a highly ranked squad at the time, St. Cloud State. You split with them in Mankato. Um, and then, um, you know, to kind of make matters even more about the icebreaker tournament up there uh, in Duluth, uh, you win against uh, Providence before your first loss of the season to a, at that time, a pretty good team in Michigan. So non-conference so far, things are looking pretty good for, uh, for the Mavs. 
yeah, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better uh, group of teams to play against. Uh, I think I think that was the difference maker. Um, you know, to get tested early like that was huge, and you know, gave the team a lot of confidence that you know, especially taking down you, the defending champs, on a banner night. I mean, what a what a way to start it. And I mean, he played some of the best teams in the country right away. So that you know, that just gives you gives you so much momentum to you know coming out of there with only one loss um, and to Michigan at the time that looked unbeatable um so yeah that was that was impressive and um the, you know like like uh like Marissa mentioned such a veteran group of of guys you know Reggie's 25 Jack was 25 so Dryden 24 so these guys had been through through it all and you know what they won five McNaughton's too all together so it's just just impressive um you know to have that leadership group and and I think what's interesting about this to you guys is you know it's six non-conference games and then you go into the CCHA and it's quit it's very funny how the national media forgets that those are some tough opponents and Marissa this is where I want to kind of get back and you in the conversation mm-hmm. The CCHA doesn't have the accolades. Maybe it's the Big Ten or the NCHC. No, um, but I think Minnesota State had something on their mind, which is we're going to make people believe. And uh, they started to go on quite the pretty much historic run here after their non-conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, if, even from continuing that legacy, like you said, we want many people believe into the CCHA for the first year of it coming back. Um, and then what we did in the WCC, WCHA, a lot of people didn't believe that we were a good team because we were in that conference. And that talk is still there with a lot of people I've seen on Twitter even this year. You know, people have been like, oh, oh, you well, you you guys play Bowling Green and Ferris State in these teams. So obviously your record's going to be stacked to have the most wins and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, that's not the case, but that's always been what we've tried to do for the Mavericks is we're in the conference we're in, but we want to make a name for ourselves and we want to know. And Lucia is trying to round that out and try to make the CCHA as much as an NCHC, as much as a Big Ten, as much as, you know, any other conference there is out there. We shouldn't be looked down because of the teams that we have, because even so, I mean, Michigan Tech was, you know, in the rankings and Bemidji State was in there somewhere. So when Northern Michigan, so these teams were in you know, the top tens or the USCHO polls um, in the season, right? So there shouldn't be of any talk that we aren't good enough. And I think the Mavericks kind of, they people started picking up once we started sweeping and winning against these big, big headers and realized that, yeah, okay, the CCHA should be here and should be in the talk. And that's always kind of the vibe with the guys, you know, like Furry in an interview, I talked with him and he said, we just want that recognition, and we want to be seen on the table and we want to have a plate at the table. And that's, you know, for sure. I go back to that each and every time that we play a good team or we got to where we were is that the CCHA is a good conference and we should be seen as that. And I think this year kind of helped a lot with what the Mavericks did. Alex, let's flip that argument a little bit because you're a hockey guy, at least last time I checked. Um, But, you know, I think this is what, drove me nuts as a hockey guy myself, right? That is, let's just even give those goofballs out East. I guess I'm calling them out. Um, the argument that the CCHA is weak. Let's just give them that argument. Mm-hmm. It's if you actually analyze the way that these games were being played and the way that Mankato was winning these games, if you were actually knowing what the hell hockey was, you would have understood that this was a hell of a good hockey squad. It wouldn't have mattered if you would have put 
AIC out there. It wouldn't matter if you put Boston College, Boston U, uh, Quinnipiac. This team was going to be a formidable force early on just by how they were winning these games, not necessarily who their opponent was. Oh, yeah. I mean, they not only were they shutting out teams, but they were scoring a ton of goals. I mean, uh, it, you know, they've blown out teams. And, uh, and you know, um, you know, Dryden, he, sw- yeah, he shut out, you know, St. Cloud, Duluth. I mean, so and it's like these are big time NCHC opponents. Uh, you know, of course, he, you know, shut out some of the CCHA teams teams but um he was shutting out some of the best teams in the country too so um he proved it you know either way and you know the the most impressive thing about this Mavs team is uh they they won in multiple ways um you know like I said just destroying teams and then also you saw you know like uh in the NCAA tournament uh won nothing win so um they they did it in multiple ways but Alex Dryden McKay only saw like 12 shots a game. That's not on him. It can't be, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's such a frustrating <laughs> argument because, you know, uh, the saves that he made throughout the year when he was needed, they were always quality saves. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, cheap cheap shots that he was getting uh, at him. I mean, he he, he kept the, the team in, in games throughout, throughout the season too, so... Yeah, for that argument, you know, it's it's just it's so frustrating. And if you actually if you think about it, like if you looked at the pairwise rankings throughout the year, I mean, the teams out east, it, it was one of the worst years ever for for teams out east. Um, you look at teams like Boston College and and Boston and, and Maine, and you just you know look at all the all these teams that you know historically are. are you know, phenomenal teams and they just had a really complete down year and for, for people out East to trash the Midwest. I mean, look at, look at, look at how those teams did out East. Last man standing would dictate otherwise, but um, Marissa, let's build on that a little bit because I think to Alex's point, I think that's where, they should have gotten more attention a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. And that is, yes, there were times where they blew out their opponents, seven, nothing wins, eight to two, right? They had everything going, but they could also, you know, they're one of the few teams that when we watch college hockey, that they could win in a number of different ways, right? Whether it's high scoring or tight games, um, Dryden McKay. Yes. Maybe at times he only had to make eight saves, but guess what? When he needed to, um, some goaltenders can get a little lethargic. They can get a little bit too relaxed. He never was that goaltender. He was there when you needed him. And the versatility of this hockey club was what made them so dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there was a there was a reel we made from one of his or a TikTok from one of his saves, and there was like the audience like the woman was too stunned to speak. He's sprawling out right like in front of the goal everything giving it everything is all and he blocked it right he did his job it was a one-on-one situation i can't remember who we were playing during that time but it was it was an amazing goal uh shout out to dryden because yes they weren't 60 saves or how many saves but they were they were those key saves exactly like alex said when he said those things those stats and everything he was talking about i couldn't have agreed more because sometimes people look over quantity over quality right they're looking at the quantity they're looking at the number they're not looking at the quality of these saves though and dryden was that's why we call him the brick wall 
right? That's why the Minnesota State fans do, because he is that brick wall. He is succinct in the goal. He is calm. He is a force back there. You talk to any defender, whether that be Jack McNeely, Andy Carroll, Wyatt Ahmet, Bennett Zmolik, they're going to feel so much better knowing that Dryden is behind them because Dryden always and has a good tendency of making those saves that you, okay, if I can't make this and I get burned, I know Dryden's back there and I know that he's going to do his job and take care. And that's what being a veteran goal tender netminder is. That's who Dryden McKay is. So, you know, I, I don't like the talk, the Dryden slander. I will never like the Dryden slander because his work ethic, the way that he, goes every single game and proves who he is for four years, right? He came out a freshman and most freshman goaltenders aren't going to be that great. And he was, and he's been that guy for years and years and years. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he has the multiple NCAA men's records because Dryden McKay is a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think that's ever going to stop and do anything that he does. And, you know, always proud to call him our goaltender. Alex, as we go through the first half of the season, I don't think it's you know necessary to go through every single uh, weekend because it was basically sweep, 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 sweep. Did I say the word sweep? Yeah. Um, <laughs> only four losses, uh, you know, by the end of 2021, right? Uh, you would only add, unfortunately, two more losses to the record column as we go forward, but a dominant showing by this hockey squad going through the regular season. And honestly, uh, you know, we, we, we said this before and, and maybe it bears asking again, um, good teams just don't seem to have a glaring weakness. Um, was that sort of your takeaway from this Maverick squad, whether that was from the beginning of the season or throughout the regular season, there just wasn't this glaring, like, well, this is kind of weak. And if they can avoid that, they're okay. Um, this was a well-rounded group from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, you know, going into the um, going into the year, I was kind of skeptical on what was going to happen with the bottom six um, as, you know, as far as, you know, because you need production from from the bottom six. And it uh, what a phenomenal, uh, you know, recruiting job by Todd Kanat getting David Sillier and Josh Girl, um, you know, two transfers that, you know, uh, from Michigan and Clarkson that weren't getting the playing time and, uh Cillier, you know, played with, uh, uh, you know, Sandlin and Penticton, um, you know, and if you take a look at the Maverick roster, a lot of guys were teammates in juniors together. Um, you know, Nathan Smith and Lucas Souter played, uh, they were from Florida, uh, you know, grew up together. And, um, so they, you can see with their, with their recruiting, they tried to get a lot of uh, teammates, um, and, and former captains. And so, um, yeah, just it was phenomenal job getting depth guys and um, a guy like Andre Pavel emerged. I, I mentioned it on Twitter that um, he kind of uh, had like a Walker Dewar moment where Walker uh, last year um, was kind of unheralded um, player uh, depth guy. And he actually, you know, signed a signed an NHL deal with with the Flames and made his debut, um, you know, this this past season. Um, and, and Andre you know, just came out of nowhere and had a phenomenal year. And so I think those depth pieces really, really showed. And I think that's what everybody's kind of wondering, um, you know, depth wise. And, you know, they're 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 with that, they're, you know, became no, no weakness. Hey, so pod listeners. 
Just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Marissa, as we fast forward here to the end of the regular season, um, to the CCHA tournament, there's maybe one scare a little bit, and it came from probably the most unlikely of sources in St. Thomas. And this is not all ever to discredit St. Thomas, um, because I think that they have made some significant strides and were probably the most fun team to follow in terms of where they were and, you know, where, you know, how it is and where it's going or whatever the phrase goes. I, I totally forget. I'm pulling a total college hockey coach moment right now. That's okay. Um, how it is versus where it's going. Anyways, so um, when you got past St. Thomas, a very tight game. In fact, you were trailing, I think, after two mm-hmm. with that. Um, and then we get mm-hmm. to the CCHA championship game and then even more drama ensues uh, because you were in the arena for both nights. Uh, can you walk mm-hmm. us through some maybe 10 more uh, more tenser moments of the regular season that happened in Mankato? Well, the St. Thomas one's really funny because my brother graduated from St. Thomas. So I actually got tickets for all my family to go to that game. And we were behind and you know, my brother's like, oh, you're going to you're going to kill us. You're going to kill us. And I said. I said to him, I didn't say, oh, yeah, I know we are. I said, this is a good hockey team. I think you should, I don't think we're going to kill them. Like, I think that this is going to be a good game. I told him, you know, time and time again, I said, this is a really good hockey team. Yeah, does their record show? Their record doesn't show it. They've got, what, two wins? Maybe that. But the, the, the progress we've seen from start to finish and, you know, Rico taking this team and really transforming it into what it was. They've got some good opponents on them. They got some good, you know, members. So the the entire time he we he was right there. Like I was right by the ice by doing my thing, and he was like not even thirty feet. They scored. He, he's given me one of these. Right. He, my brother's giving me one of these. They score again. Like so then and then when we finally found our groove and went back, it was just like. I was like giving it to him and I was bugging him. And I was like, oh, he's like, you guys are good though, isn't it? But I mean, it was a tense moment when you could all, like, of course we're good, but it's just funny. But like, it was a tense moment in that time because I thought, oh, oh crap, like, are we going to go to Sunday? Like, we don't play on Sunday. Is this going to happen? Like, what's going on? Like, where's my Mavericks? And then all of a sudden they came back and were the team that they were and found their identity, right? And then they started playing to who they were and who they are instead of always playing. Sometimes good teams play down to the level that the their opponents are at, which can be worse instead of playing at the level that they're at. So I think we saw that from the, you know, how many periods we were behind to when we really, you know, kept up with that. And then you go to the CCHA championship, which is unlike anything I've ever been through in my entire hockey career. A, there was there's still nothing really to describe it um it's it's a weird moment right it's a the entire time and you know people called me and 
they were like, what are your predictions? Like, I knew it was going to, I I knew it was going to be close. You know, the photographer on the team, Kenzie was like, are we going to win? I said, I don't know because I legitimately did not know because I obviously have faith in my team, but they were, Bemidji is a great team. And you know, when that, when that came down and, you know, we're on the ice and we're winning and Josh scores the goal. Right. And I'm literally on the ice and like dodging through angry Bemidji people to get the content. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Like, I'm so excited. Here we go. And it's like, wait, wait, time out. No, seriously. Seriously. I went up to, I went up to the social media guy and I was like, Dom, I was like, wow, what a win. And he's like, he just had this look on his face. And then, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, you know, and then everyone's, you know, doing stuff and it's just crazy, crazy, you know, whatever. And everyone knows the story by now, but when you're living through a historic moment, you don't realize like the craziness of it. Right. People ask you like, what is it like being there? Like, what is it like? And it's like, it, it was nuts. I'm, I'm running around with my head chopped off. I'm really a stressed person during games. Um, I should calm down more. My like video guys are always like, why don't you just chill? I'm just always stressed. During that time, I'm literally running under the bleachers in my heels, right? Like, because I have to find these different camera angles and talk to this and do this and figure out, but also try to stay out of the way because everyone is like doing whatever. And, you know, I actually got a video of the goal. So I'm looking back, right? Like I, I got video and that never happens. And I'm looking back at it and I'm like, holy crap, is there anything in here that like maybe could help out on my phone or, or anything? So, um, oh, speaking of camera sorry, angles, I, um, sorry. Sorry, hey Alex, we, let's go back to the Rambus net cam here. So, <laughs> oh my god, someone redo that. That was the that was the craziest. That was thing I got. dude. So, that that almost illustrates the point perfectly. Was, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was my night. That was so good, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Completely <laughs> off the rails in every dude that you could not have scripted that better. That's that was amazing. I'm like, I'm you as red as like. Oh my god, I think I think <laughs> that just sums it up, you guys. That's it. That's how the night went. So that's all I have. That's the end of my answer. <laughs> So, so let's bring it up to, uh, you know, the CCHE vice commissioner and Alex Micheletti here, uh, Absolutely. For, you know, for, for, for a little bit more on this. And I, I think the angle we have to cover on this, Alex is, you know, and it is kind of a, what if question, um, obviously, but you know, do you almost, you know, from a coaching standpoint or a fan standpoint worry that, yeah, Minnesota State eventually won the game. They figured it out. It took over an hour. They had to bring people back. They had to bring the referees back because they were on the way home, probably maybe even to happy hour. Who knows, right? Um, but you had to replay this moment all over again. Could you have imagined the difference in you know the way that maybe things would have unfolded from there had Bemidji scored a goal? Or you know, were you ever all concerned that this may have – distracted Minnesota state for what was to come next. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It could have you know, really demoralized the whole season, you know? Um, but you know, that's, I, I brought him up his name at the beginning of the year or at the beginning of this episode, Jack McNeely. It's fitting that he gets the game winner in his, in his final home game there, you know, decide to come back for another year. You know, he could have turned pro, I'm glad glad to see that he did get a pro contract uh, with uh, um, you know with Calgary's AHL team joining a bunch of a uh, bunch of former Mavs there and Walker Dewar and Connor Mackey. Um, but yeah, it could have really really affected them. I'm glad they didn't really have to worry about they were going to probably be a number one seed anyways. Um, but yeah, it really could have really could have affected them and. Um, that's, that's why it was so important to have a guy like Dryden, you know, in, in the, in the net, he was one of the calmest goalies 
<laughs> in his career. Um, you know, that, that guy, that kid had been through so much in his career just to, just to get to Mankato, you know, getting cut multiple times in juniors and um, going from the NA to USHL and, you know, being a four-year starter. Um, you know, that's <laughs> that, that veteran experience kept, kept Mankato, kept the Mavs, you know, calm and, and they knew what to do, uh, even if, you know, they had won it once already and it get, get, you know, taken back. Um, you know, they knew what they, what they wanted to do. They had a mission to get back to the frozen four and, you know, it started with that conference championship. So yes, we have to go here. Um, so what's, <laughs> I know, yes, I, I don't like to, but it is kind of my job. So, um, maybe we need a technical director, uh, back. Honestly, I think, honestly, honestly, I think yeah, we do. I think we do. I think we do. There's a couple different camera angles, but, um, <laughs> let's just go to the meat and potatoes, right? So a great nail biting win against Harvard, um, a nice tight win against Notre Dame. So then again, the offense in one game, a more defensive front, the second one, um, you really, at least for me, for the people out east and for the naysayers out there really cemented how good you were in the thrashing mm -hmm. against Minnesota and more so not just the thrashing, but you shut down one of the more offensively capable teams that were left in this tournament. Um, very decisive win against the Gophers and then um, where everybody hoped this Mavs team was going to get to, they get to that step, a, a you know, sort of a rose unwalked as of yet. And um, Marissa, I guess we'll start with you and uh, you know, it didn't unfortunately go the way that we all wanted it to go. Um, and it, I think if there's some surprising moments of this, that we saw a Maverick team do some things we never saw them do all season. So if you want to walk us through just some of the key points that you saw in that hockey game, um, and that'll give it over to Alex for his comments. You know, the biggest thing I think is like, <clears throat> you know, talking with Andre, talking with everyone, everyone always says, I keep bringing this up playing to our identity when we play to our identity and who we are as a Maverick squad, whether that be a defensive core or really just playing four lines deep and never getting tired and not chasing, not chasing, um, no we're great, there. literally, and ha like no, no emphasis at all. I'm not. You don't see where my point is going, but and having you know Dryden and Net and these offensive components and this defensive core and veteran players, right? Like then we're unstoppable. It got to a point where. We're ahead, and our record is, you know, I don't know for sure, but a lot of wins, minimal losses when we're leading going into the third period, right? Um, and even if it's one goal, we all know how college hockey works, especially in the biggest stage in college hockey, anything can happen. And um, I just felt like if we would have got the second one, we would have been nail in the coffin, done, over, we won, right? All of a sudden, we give up one. Okay, it's one. It's tied. We've been here before. It's okay. And then all of a sudden Denver starts rolling and we start chasing. We start chasing the guys. We don't play to who we are. We're looking a little bit stunned, right? Then they get the second one. And then it's like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. You know, now we're, we're trying to do too much. We're not doing the basics. We're trying to do too much and chase the puck and chase the, the opponents. And then we slip up in the neutral zone and it's a two-on-one. Um, and we, you know, Dryden gives that up because – that's hard, right? Hung out to dry. About, he was yeah, hung out to dry. It hung. It, you you make a you make. I don't want to say mistake because I love this Maverick squad, but you make a mistake in the neutral zone, uh, something that you shouldn't have done, and then that hangs everything out to dry, and that is the game. 
And it, it, it was the hardest thing to watch these guys not play to who they are, but also know that when the momentum swings in the direction of someone else, that's, that's not always your fault, right? You give up that and the momentum's gone and you have to then chase that momentum. That's the hardest thing you can do in college hockey. And that was, that was a little bit evident in the third period of play. So it was, uh, I'm still heartbroken about it to say the least. Alex, I want to flip you know, the narrative here a little bit, just because, you know, as much as Minnesota state, and I think Marissa does have a valid point was this was a one shot game throughout 45 minutes, 47 minutes. Right. And, you know, when you go down by one, so you give up one five on five, a very rare defensive breakdown by the Mavs. And then it's effectively just after a, a special teams, a power play, it's still a one shot game. You're just on the other side of it. Um, you know, it, it's funny how when the big, and I shouldn't say maybe funny, but it's interesting how the mentality changes when you're on the opposite end of the one shot argument. Right. And I think, to Marissa's, you know, point, we I saw a Maverick team that hit the panic button for the first time all season. Is that what you saw? And I suppose what was your reaction after you watch Denver go up by one and see the Mavericks sort of, I don't want to call it collapse, but not play the style of hockey we've seen them play all season? Yeah, it was a weird game. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a weird game all the way around um, because – uh, you know, with Denver, uh, they were the one of the most high scoring teams in the nation. And this, this game, uh, you know, their goaltender Krona kept them in it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the Mavericks get that one, one, nothing lead, uh, you know, from Sam Morton. And then they just couldn't find that second goal. And if they would have, I think if they would have found that second goal, this game completely different, because I think Mankato ends up winning you know um and they they had their chances uh uh josh Grohl on, uh, on a shorthanded breakaway uh same thing david stillier had a shorthanded breakaway as well and jake livingstone had a, a just a terrific chance on a two-on-one uh and i think julian napravnik hit hit a hit the crossbar too and so they mm -hmm. they had their chances it was it was just it was really frustrating and i think uh, you know, like Mike, Mike Hastings said the same thing too. Once Denver got one, they smelled blood in the water. Um, and then, you know, then they, uh, they really brought it. And that Benning kid, uh, he took a bad that penalty thing, yeah. and he really wanted to make up for that penalty. He just roofed, roofed that, uh, you know, to make it two one. And I actually think it hit off, uh, uh, Benton Mass's glove. And then, I think um, so. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just, just frustrating. And I think, uh, the, the, the hardest thing for me too, was some of the, some of the Mavs best players just had an off night, you know, and that, that happens with college kids, you know, you just, you, yeah, you know, it happens with pros too. You're not going to be perfect every night. And, uh, you know, just, they, uh, just were gripping their sticks, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate that, that, uh, that third goal, um, you know, you're, you're cheating up front and, uh, uh, they, they had a couple defenders run into each other and then, there was no way Rizzo was going to miss that goal. And so from there, you know, no, no, no chance, but uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a crazy game. I think uh, this frozen four was one of the best frozen fours in a long time. All four of the teams that made it could have, could have won it all, you know, Denver, uh, you know, caught Michigan uh, at a good time because <laughs> 
that Michigan team, what they had seven first round draft picks. And so just insane. And um, like I said, Magnus Corona, uh, San Jose draft pick, he, he had an incredible game and he kept, he kept Denver in it for, for, for a while there. And then, you know, then Denver's big, big guns, uh, you know, you know, stood out. Um, so yeah, it still, still, still tough, you know, you know, because the Mavs were, that were so close. They had a perfect game plan through, through two periods and, um, you know, give up a tough first, first goal. Dryden uh, said it too, that he gave up a bad rebound. Um, and from there, um, you know, they just kind of took over. And what more can you say about David Carl's uh, squad too? I mean, he's one of the youngest coaches in the, in, in college hockey and, uh, you know, year in, year out, they don't rebuild, they reload. Um, and, we saw a bunch of their guys have left already this off season, but I would never count Denver out. You know, you lose Bobby Brink and Carter Savoy. And so it, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be tough for them to, to, to get back, but I do not call David Carl out. A five to one uh, finish there on the scoreboard. Two of those being empty netters, of course. Uh, so really three to one. I think that's a fair way to, to frame it. Um, Dryden McKay, the eventual Hobie Baker winner. And that's a separate conversation on how you're the Hobie, but not the Mike Richter award winner. Well, we could take three hours on um, that conversation. We'll save that one for maybe more in the summer. Uh, but Marissa, for Mavs fans who looked at this as a team of destiny and a team mm-hmm. that, you know, this was the ultimate goal. They come up just short. Um, the off season is always tough because it's Monday morning quarterback time. Um, you are losing some players. You, you're losing Nathan Smith uh, just today. Um, mm-hmm. At the time of recording, you were losing uh, Brendan Mass. Um, I suppose for the, those who are returning, right? Mm-hmm. Is there is there still enough there to make a good push next season or – you know, are we going to have to sort of rely on some of the new guns coming in to make, uh, you could say, an immediate impact for them to have the same success as they had last year? This is really hard, right? Because obviously, I want to say, you know what I want to say, right? Yeah, I want, I want it right here. I don't whatever, want you. you I don't know? want you to lie to me. I want you to tell me I, what you want. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, with with Wyatt signing and Julian signing and Benton signing and Jack signing and Dryden saying he's going to go you know, go pro whenever and wherever he can. Um, and a couple other elements maybe that we could see that we don't know the for real facts. I mean, what if uh, Andre does decide to sign? What if, you know, Furry decides to sign? What if, you know, any of these guys, David decides to sign? What if people, like, enter the transfer portal? And I, I'm not saying throwing out those names because I know anything. It's just these guys are so good that they could leave at any moment and they have that capability. Right. Um, I think it's a rebuilding year, but I also know how amazing Mike Hastings is. And I know how great Todd Kanata is at recruiting. And I know all of these things. Right. Um, And I know we've got some good young guns coming in that you could see maybe just even flip this squad. We do still. And that's, what's great about this Maverick squad, right? Is that they were so deep and they were good because they had the depth. We could run the four lines and our fourth line be the best. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this roster right now and I could mark out a lot of people, but you still got, as of right now, Brendan Furry, Ryan Sandlin, Sam Morton. You've got Akito Hiroshi. You've got Jake Livingstone, Lucas Souter, Connor Grego, Will Hillman, um, Cade, Cade Borcher, you know, 
So we still have a lot of good components, but at the same time, there is still some gaping holes that newcomers or even kids who have never, you know, Keenan made his first start this season, right? Um, because, you know, Dryden was, you know, not available. He was ill um, during that LSSU game when we had a lot of guys out, right? Um, we're even going to have a new goalie, and that's hard. That's that's a hard mix to throw in there, especially if you've had someone like Dryden McKay who's literally, like, never missed a game in the last four years. You know what I mean? So I I want to rethink – I want to think that this is a rebuilding year um, next year, and I, I really do think so. Not any credit to the guys, again, not any credit to what this team can do um, because, again, I would not be surprised if we get – to the point of where we're going to the tournament, we win the CCHA tournament again, and we do all these things. I wouldn't be shocked because, again, Mike Hastings is just that good of a coach, and Todd Cannot and Paul Kirtland are just great on his staff. So I'm not saying it's off the table. I just think it's pretty unlikely in my eyes, knowing this team and knowing how, you know, who we're losing. And then that brings us to our last question, Alex, uh, you know, Mike Hastings, uh, kind of, at least, at least in Minnesota, he's a well-known figure, right? I think he's finally kind of made his mark nationally in terms of a college hockey coach. And just as players' futures are uncertain, I mean, I know there's been some rumors out there of Mike Hastings tied to maybe some openings uh, here and there, uh, but unbeknownst to us, right? If he is the head coach of Minnesota state, and I would think he probably would be, uh, at least from what I can gather, um, as long as he's behind the bench, as far as the Mav fan base is concerned, um, I think you have the right person to lead the charge, uh, whether it's a group uh, of young people coming up or some old veterans, uh, he's the guy you want behind your bench. God, no, no one's won more than my case things over the past decade. So I, I'd take I'd take my case things for for life. Um, what a what a hire that was! It's it's incredible that it started with a, a meeting in uh, at a you know pizza pizza joint in in Iowa. You know uh, to to you know craft uh, um, his vision of, of Maverick hockey, and it's incredible. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, like, like Marissa said, losing a bunch of guys, uh, but, um, you know, Ty Kanat has, you know, uh, the, the recruiting class that's coming in is extremely impressive. They have two top 10 BCHL scorers coming in and Simon Tassie and, and Luke Wilson. And so, yeah, those are two names to, to watch out for a couple Canadian kids. And, uh, um, yeah, I really like, uh, I uh, really like their chances for next year. Um, you know, they've <laughs> they've won five, you know, McDonald's in a row. Um, they they own this league. Uh, yeah, Mankato will be the top dog until someone someone takes you know takes their crown. So Saint <clears> Thomas. Um, <throat> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rico. Rico's got. They'll, they'll get there. Um, you know, Saint yeah. Thomas is. Where's a, the gift? Of the, where's the gift of the stick? Yeah. At this school, um, and so. Uh, yeah, he you know he led the brotherhood for a long, long time, and I'm sure he'll get St. Thomas going very, you know, very quick uh, to the top. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never count out uh, my case things. I'll never count out count out Todd Gnott and Paul Kirtland's been a great addition, a great young coach, um, and he does a great job helping out recruiting with Todd. 
definitely some things to look forward to. And uh, again, no disrespect to St. Thomas. Um, or actually, it's more of like we are respecting St. Thomas. So much think, respect. Seriously. Yes. Um, and so I think, much respect. And I Once think, they get honest, their arena, watch out. Um, seriously. It's, they're not. They're going to be even. They're going to be more ready for their arena. I think the team's going to be out there for the arenas. But uh, I think so that, impressed with them this year. They're going to be the most improved team next year in terms of record. I think mm -hmm. in terms of how they play. Um, watch out because the Tommies are coming. So, Absolutely. but we will we will save that for another conversation here, guys. Uh, Alex <laughs> Michaletti, Marissa Voss, um, they're at least behind uh, one of the two cameras she has in her room. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us here tonight, and for all of you guys here following us on MNCAA for our you know recaps uh, season series here. Thanks for listening, and we'll hope to see you back again with us next week.